<laughs> Miss that first step in the dark. Um, whoever does the lighting, next time I speak, could you turn it up before I get up here? <laughs> I mean, literally, you know how weird that is to step and there's nothing there? But did you notice that cover, I mean, that comeback? Did you see it? Oh, you didn't know it. Oh, well, then I should have shut up. Maybe nobody noticed it. <laughs> Hi, nothing happened when I came up this morning. Nothing happened. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's the 11 o'clock service. Where's all the high school kids? I guess they're pooped out, right? They're, how many of you are in the high school group over here? Junior high, high school? You can't, did you go to the, the thing this uh, last week? Did you go? And you're at church, aren't you? You're faithful. What I'd like to know is, where's all your friends that normally sit here? <laughs> Anyhow, nice to have you there. And by the way, I want you guys to know, don't ever, and I let the last group know at 9 o'clock, don't ever sit over there at 11 o'clock because that's their seats. And you don't want to take the high school kids' seats. You don't want them to take them, do you? No, of course not. Anyhow, my name is Art Collins, and I am the wonderful father and blessed of uh, Daniel Collins as my son, and uh, I like Daniel a lot. <laughs> I like him a lot. I'm sorry, I'm... No more dumb and dumber stuff. <laughs> I do love my son Daniel. And then my wife was up here today, too, over on this side, Peggy. That's my wife. So we're doing kind of a little Collins thing this morning, filling in for some. I got the call probably Thursday to come in. Ray was not feeling well, and I'm very happy I could come in and substitute, be the relief pitcher in the ninth inning, see if we can shut this thing down, okay? <laughs> um, what I do, by the way, just so you know, I have a little background of who in the world I am. I have been a pastor many, many years ago for five years. Prior to that, I was a college career pastor, and then I started as a youth pastor. Then for the last 35 years, I've been with Youth with a Mission, an international Christian organization, interdenominational, and we have now 22,000 full-time staff members with YWAM, the largest missions agency in the world by far, and the primary reason is everybody raises their own funds. And that's how they can do it. You know, if, and we believe that if God calls you in, in any situation you're in, if the Lord calls you to do something, he will provide for you to do it. I mean, it would be ridiculous for God to call you to go somewhere and then not provide for you to do it. He doesn't do that. He's not that kind of a father. He's not that kind of a God. So anyhow, that's a little bit about me. Um, I travel to uh, different places and teach have been around the world many times, uh, 54 countries, and all that's totally irrelevant. I'm just trying to make myself look good so you'll listen to me, okay? <laughs> By the way, I loved what you said earlier. Go ahead, raise your hand. You know who I'm talking, yes, you, raise your hand. <laughs> I loved what you said earlier. She said, what are you talking on today? And I said, you know what? In one sentence, I can tell you. And so I told her, and she said, well, now can I leave, you know? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you do whatever you need to do, but um, I think your parents would like you to sit through this, okay? <laughs> Endure what you're going to have to go through. What I'm going to talk about today is literally, I know everybody can say this about a message that they speak, 
But if we truly would live out what the word of the Lord is going to tell us today, our family lives would be dramatically different than they are today. Our relationships at work would be different. We would, and also the world would see us as different. They wouldn't just call us Christians. They'd go, man, those people are incredible because they love. And the bottom line of today's message, as I shared with my friend down here, is the reality is, you guys, when we serve other people, is that it's as if we're serving the Lord. When you serve your wife, are you serving her as if you're serving Jesus? Because I know there's times that I've done things with, to my wife that I would not have done to Jesus. Or to my kids when they were little. I wouldn't have maybe spoken loud to them. I would never go up to Jesus and go, Jesus, go clean your room for crying out loud. I wouldn't have done it. And yet we do that to other people. And yet the word of the Lord is very clear on saying when we've done it to the least of these, we've done it unto him. So I want to go, our parable today is going to be Matthew chapter 25, but prior to reading Matthew 25, I want to go through a couple of passages that the Apostle Paul wrote, first to the church at Ephesus and then to the church at Colossae. So our first scripture I want to read is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. And I want you to see what Paul writes here, and then later Jesus is going to just nail it, just make it so clear that nobody here, the youngest person in this room, unless you're doing this with them, the youngest person in this room to the oldest will be able to walk out of this building and know this truth. The way I treat other people is the way I would treat Jesus. And we'll let the word of the Lord make that very clear to us today. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 8, and I'm reading out of the Message Bible, and then I'll read out of the NIV in a little bit, but I love the message. It says, servants, respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master, regardless of whether you are slave or free. This is fairly clear. It's not one of these passages where we have to go, hmm, I wonder what they're saying here. And I want to just point out the last part of this for the sake of time. I've got some other scriptures I want to read. But it says this. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master regardless of whether you are slave or free. What Paul is writing here to the, the, the servants and the slaves, but it's applicable to anybody in the body of Christ, is that the way that I treat other people is the way I would treat Jesus. And that's something to think about. And I'm going to look at some scenarios as we get toward the end of the message on things that we need to be aware of. 
Um, I had one last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, driving home from church, giving this message last night, we're at a stop sign, and then it turns green and we start going, and then we're into a two-lane road, one lane going this way, and some guy cuts across in front of me. And I've got to slow it down really quick. And I honked one time just to go, come on, man, look out. Well, then he did something that was not very nice. It was naughty. He put his hand out the window and he did something to me. Tweet, 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 tweet. He gave me the tweet, tweet. And he kept giving it to me. And then I have to confess, I honked again at him, which I, that, I blew it. Right there, I blew it. I just come out of a message, treat people like Jesus. But then again, he wasn't anything like Jesus. So there. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, and once again, Paul's writing to the church at Colossae, and he says this, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. When you serve your wife, yes, you're serving her, but you're ultimately serving Jesus. And that's how he sees the way we treat each other. I want to go back to Matthew now for just a moment, the parable now that we're going to look at this week. In Matthew chapter 25, it should be up on the screen. This, to me, is one of the most powerful truths other than the, the truths on salvation through Christ's death, burial, resurrection. Other than those truths, to me, this is one of the most important truths we in the body of Christ need to heed and do. Because if we were to do it, not only would we have a much more harmonious unity in the body of Jesus Christ, but we also would be a big witness to the world because we would truly be able to let the world say a song that we've sung years ago and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love because of the incredible way that we treat each other. It's as if my wife I need to wake up in the, and I don't, listen, the, you also know when you make a commitment to treating people like Jesus that you'll have some repenting to do along the way. But you know what? Good that we're repenting and saying, I am sorry, I did not treat you like the Lord, and then get on and start treating them like the Lord, and then you'll blow it again. Yeah, and you don't have to plan blowing it. Well, let's see, I haven't blown this in three days, let's do it today. No, unfortunately, it's going to happen. But the more you concentrate and obey God's word about treating people as if they were Jesus, the more that's going to become your lifestyle. And you will need the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. 
because one of the fruits of the Spirit, in fact, the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And without the fruits of the Holy Spirit of love, you can't love people as if they're like Jesus. You can't do it. And even with the fruit of the Spirit of love, you're going to blow it from time to time. But all the Lord asks you to do is to say, I'm sorry, I repent, I did not treat my sister as if she were Jesus, and I'm sorry, Jesus. And by the way, don't just go to Jesus and say you're sorry. Go to your sister and tell her you're sorry too. Or your wife, or your husband, your cousins, your neighbors, whoever it may be. I'm sorry, I didn't treat you like I would have treated Jesus. And by the way, does that even open up people's hearts to Jesus when you do things like that? Absolutely. What do you mean you didn't treat me like Jesus? What does that mean? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> Can open doors. Just treating people like Christ will open doors for us to just simply share what we believe. I'm convinced that if we took opportunities that come to us. A lot of us are not the kind of people that are going to go around and pass out tracts at doors. In fact, that's almost so not cool because nobody reads the tracts hardly. I suppose people have gotten saved that way. I remember I was at a church when I was younger and they made us go out and pass out tracts. Well, they didn't make us, but you felt like a loser if you didn't. <laughs> so we blitzed the neighborhoods with tracts. But the reality is, you guys, it's my life and the way I treat people that's going to have a greater impact than anything else. And can you just imagine if you treated your neighbor as if they were Jesus? How would they respond to that? Jesus loves us with incredible love. He wants us to love people with that same love. Loving them as if they were Christ. Okay, in Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable there, the sheep and the goats. This is the parable I want to just now speak on for just a few more minutes and go over the truths of this because this is very powerful let me begin by reading verse 31 in the message, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. The sheep and the goats. When he finally arrives, speaking of Jesus, blazing in beauty and all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort the people out, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting sheep to his right and goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation, and here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. And I was in prison, and you came to me. And then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? 
And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. And by the way, what I'm going to read now, what Jesus said is one of the most powerful truths and important truths he ever gave. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. I have a friend of mine in YWAM Honolulu who's the uh, discipleship training school director. They've been there for years and years doing a great job over there in their training schools. The last time I was over there, we went down to Waikiki just to go to lunch. I think it was a cheesecake factory because we're up the valley, the Manoa Valley, so we never get down really to the beach or anything. But we went down. We had some free time one day. We went down to lunch. And so as we're walking along the, the street there to go to the Cheesecake Factory, which some of you know where that is, and some of you have been there, there's garbage cans, and we come across the man who's digging in a garbage can looking for food. It was a bum, very dirty, but he was scrounging through looking for something to eat. And my friend went up to him and he said, man, can I buy you a lunch? And the guy goes, you'd buy me a lunch? He said, yes, let me go buy. So he went into some kind of a store, came out with a nice sandwich and a drink and some potato chips, and he gave it to the guy. And the guy was very thankful. And then, of course, he said, can I pray with you? And the guy, you know, maybe because he got a free lunch, said, okay. He didn't seem real jazzed about being prayed for. But we just prayed for him. And we prayed that God would reveal his love through Jesus to this guy someday. And when it was all done, we started walking, you know, continuing on our road to the Cheesecake Factory. And I turned to him and I said, well done. You're living out what you've been taught. And he said, well, what I've been taught is the way that we treat people is the same way we would treat Jesus. And if Jesus we're scrounging through a trash can, I surely would stop and buy him something to eat. This parable goes on now into the negative. And when a parable, and there aren't many of them, but when a parable speaks, first of all, to the positive truth and then turns it around to the negative, it's basically saying, this is mucho important, please get this. Please get this, is what the Lord is saying to us today. So let's read in the negative. Then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And you know why? Because I was hungry, and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was homeless, and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. I was sick and in prison and you never visited. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? And he will answer them, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. And this is why it's so easy 
to sometimes see a need and just go, well, you know what, somebody else will meet it. I can't afford to meet their entire need. But what if somebody in your neighborhood really has a need and they're short on groceries? Well, maybe you can't buy the entire sack or two of groceries, but is it possible that we could call a few friends in our church and say, hey, would you guys be willing to chip in about 40, 50 bucks? Because got, I got a neighbor here who doesn't have anything and they're hungry and we want to meet their need. We're all this together. But I know one thing, the way we treat people would be the same way we would treat Jesus. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if Jesus were in a home and he did not have food, I know we would take food to Jesus. I know that. Oh, well, Jesus, good luck. We'd never do that. We would meet his need. But I'll tell you, he looks at it the same way when we meet somebody else's need, we've just met his. And this is why this is one of the most sobering truths that I have found in scripture. And it's convicting, but it's also a joy to line up with this truth and to know that we together as the body of Christ can go out and meet people's needs and in meeting their needs, we're also meeting the need of Jesus Christ. I have one other scripture I want to read. It's going to be read out of the NIV. Listen to this carefully. It's in Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 10. We're not sure who the writer of the Hebrews, uh, to the Hebrews is, but he was pretty sharp and led by the Spirit to write this book. It says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Now notice this. God's not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. In helping people, you're showing your love to God. Whether it's something very small. In fact, in uh, Matthew chapter 10, I think it's verse 40, Jesus says, if you even give a cup of cold water in my name, you won't lose your blessing. Just a cup of cold water to somebody. Sometimes we think, well, I can't do anything big. Do something small. And by the way, the, another thing the Bible says is that when you give that cup of cold water, do you know what? Jesus is going to remember that on the day we stand before him. None of these things are going to be forgotten by Jesus, and you will be rewarded for even the cup of cold water in his name. Years ago, in the United Nations, Mother Teresa was asked to speak. And I watched, the, I watched part of it, but it was the second part that just blew me away. So she's on a little stand. The pulpit, the, or the podium is huge there. So she's up there, and she's looking over, and she's, you know, addressing all these ambassadors from countries around the world. Little Mother Teresa from India who ministers to the lowest 
of the low of human nature. In fact, in, in um, the Indian religion, in Hindu, if you die at the lowest of the low, you now become a cow. You see, if you're good, you're raised up as somebody better the next time around. Every time you die, you either move up or down the scale. It's a weird religion. She's working with the lowest of the low. By the way, that's why they don't eat cows. Indians don't eat cows because that could be your uncle. Serious. Wow, what if this is Uncle Charlie and we're butchering him? So they don't touch cows. And then if that cow, don't ask me how, I can't figure this Hinduism out, I tell you. I can't get my head around it, it's so bizarre. But somehow if you're a good cow, you can come back and be at the lowest of the human stratus. Now how in the world a good cow from a bad cow, I don't know, I guess bad cows rip off the food of good cows, I, I don't have any clue on how that works. No clue. Not sure they do either. It's just a deceiving religion. Anyhow, forget the cow story. But she's, she works with the lowest of the low in India. People that nobody else wants to even respect. These are the people that lay in the gutters and people walk around them. And that's who she works with. And she's been doing this for decades. So she's at the UN and she's speaking to them and then after she's done speaking, they always take them over to another room and in that other room, they, the reporters are allowed to ask questions to her. So they're throwing out questions and throwing out questions and finally one guy has his hand up and so he's called on and he says, I, I just have a question. How can you do this, what you're doing? How can you have spent the last 35 years of your life working with people that are in the gutter that nobody else will even touch? How can you do this? And she looked up and she pointed her finger, not in a mean way, but just pointed her finger at the guy who asked the question and just said, because every day I go out to find me Jesus. There's a lot of people out there that we need to find because if we love them, we'll love Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord that tells us how to live. It corrects us when we're in error. It encourages us and it just gives us truth. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to my own heart this weekend and to never forget that when I do something for somebody else, I've done it to Jesus. And as I have been endeavoring to do this for the last 30 years of my life, what a joy it is to serve you, Jesus, every day by serving other people. We talk about and sing about serving Jesus. Well, we can serve you by serving people, meeting their needs where they're at, and so I pray that we will all leave today and go out and find Jesus. In Christ's name, amen.